It's that special time of year, Dirtballs. March Madness. That's right. And we have our very own Dirty Sports Bracket Challenge. You can sign up to play to compete against us, Joe Prano. That's right. I started it in Tournament Challenge. I believe I called it the Dirty Sports Podcast. There's a link out there. It's on our Reddit page. Where else have you put it, Andy? Just on Reddit. And the password is Dirtball Fam. And we're going to come up with prizes. I've decided there will there will be blood and there will be prizes. So if you want to join our Dirty Sports NCAA Tournament Challenge, go to our Reddit page and sign up. And the password is all there as well. Dirtball Fam. And considering I know nothing about college basketball at all, if I beat you in the tournament challenge, you will be shamed in some sort of you know nothing about college basketball roll call on this show. Yes. Also, I'll be in Hoover, Alabama at the Stardome this weekend, Wednesday through Sunday, opening for the Ragin' Cajun. And then next weekend, despite the fact that tennis was canceled, I will still be in Indio, California at Fantasy Springs Casino, opening for the great Alan Havey of Mad Men and Billions fame. So come to those shows. That's right. All right, Dirtballs, let's talk some sports. Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Good morning, Andy. How goes it, Joe? I'm I'm hanging in there. Nice little overcast Venice Monday. Yeah. Looks like we're going to have a rainy week, but I, I do like getting up and walking outside, having a flannel shirt on. Feels nice. Bilbo's over there in a flannel shirt. It's just, you know, it's flannel weather. Is it? Yeah. I'm in a nice, dirty sports thust, the process t-shirt. Yeah. Feeling good. And, uh... How was the rest of the broadcast yesterday after I tapped out and went to crush his first birthday? It was uh, it was good. We, we got in a, in a few interesting discussions. You, one, you and your son? One about how, you know, holding the microphone closer to his mouth. Okay. And then, uh... So a lot of dad stuff still? And then, and then a Kuzma discussion. Kuzma. Okay. What was the Kuzma discussion? What did I miss? This has been an ongoing Andy Ruther and Nick Dale debate about Kyle Kuzma and how I think he'd be a better player if he were playing elsewhere. My, my, my argument is what's in on a worse team? Like if he as was in yeah. like if he was in a Brandon Ingram type situation. My argument is like like I'll want your opinion because I actually was like, I wish Joe was here for this. My argument about Kyle Kuzma is the argument that because he scores more points because he's on a shittier team yeah. doesn't make him a better player. Yeah, I mean, he's also, I mean, I think the comp that, like, if he got swapped out in a Brandon Ingram-type situation, would he be statistically a little bit better? Maybe. He certainly doesn't have the creativity that uh, Brandon Ingram has. He's not He's not a great creator, 
And the thing about Kuzma is he's not hitting his open shots this year. It's like, dude, if you're if you're a good outside shooter or you're a good jump shooter, you're getting you're getting a ton of open looks and you can't make them. Like, what the fuck's happening? And that was my big I, I mean, I think that we've all seen many times that, you know, you can be a good player, go to a shitty team and um excel. And that means I nothing. I don't to think me. I don't think Devin Booker would be scoring as much points on the Lakers as he does on the Suns. But um, you know, how much better is Kyle Kuzma if he's on the Denver Nuggets? I think he's a lot better. Why? More opportunities, I think. In in what sense? So he's, my argument here is Kyle Kuzma's young and he comes into the league and he's playing with the best, highest-level basketball players in the world with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which I think is a big step in his developmental process. Dude, again, in my counter but how, argument... But how does, that, how does that affect him negatively? Yeah. He's, so he's got, he's got a great He has passing, open looks. That, that was my he's point. He's got the greatest passer ever running his offense. They, they can work from the inside out with Anthony Davis... Dude, this is this argument. I hate to, it. Just makes no sense. The argument. This is the argument that I used yesterday. Anthony Davis and LeBron give him more open looks. They give him open shots. He's not hitting them like Joe's saying. Then why didn't the Brandon Ingram experiment work in Los Angeles? Well, first of all, again, they, play, they played fifty games together. Also, don't believe Andy Ruther. The Brandon Ingram experiment was working in Los Angeles. Like Brandon Ingram was decent in Los Angeles. He's he's significantly better. Now that he's on the Pelicans because they're essentially running the offense through him as their number one scorer. So this is what I'm saying with Kyle Kuzma could happen. Why why can't you run an offense through Kyle Kuzma? Because he's not team? as creative and he's not as good as Brandon he's Ingram. He's not good enough. And I don't know what team. Yeah, you could if he was on some track. What if, if he's he on the Grizzlies? Yeah, if he was on the Knicks, I guess, you know, Kyle Kuzma's stats could go up significantly. But I don't know if they do. He's not. He's not a creator, and the thing is, if you're a catch and shoot guy, and if you're a, what Brandon or what Kyle Kuzma should be, which is a catch and either shoot or a catch, pump fake and slash guy, he's in a great situation for that. He's just not excelling. executing. Yeah. He's not. He's not executing, and and I, that's just the back. Brandon comparison. Ingram's just a pure old scorer. Like Brandon Ingram is a great scorer, and despite you know Ruther trying to curse him, he always had that ability. Well, he was just super young. Well, and also, as much as I have dissed Brandon Ingram in the past, Brandon Ingram's a top three pick. Brandon Ingram was a star who went to Duke. Kyle Kuzma was a second-round pick who went to Utah. Yeah. So, so there really isn't, as far as from a raw talent level comparison, there really isn't one between those two guys. Brandon Ingram, or I'm sorry, Kyle Kuzma, at the end of the day, we saw it again yesterday. He finished with, I think, 8 points, 10 rebounds because he did some stuff off the glass. He's just not hitting open shots. And that is the best possible situation for him, like Joe's saying. LeBron's getting him the open looks. He's just not executing. Again, it's easy to be a it's, – it's easy to score a ton of points on a terrible team, but, like, I don't think he wants that either. I just – Again, my my argument would be put him on a team in between terrible and the best team in the West. Put him on the Nuggets. Put him on the Jazz. Like I just don't know how much he improves and why. Like what is he doing on the Jazz that he's not doing on the Lakers besides getting less open looks? He's still gonna have a big man and Gobert clog in the middle. He's still gonna have you know uh, Donovan Mitchell be 
a, like a, a guy that they defer to more. So he's going to be playing in, in the middle of those two. Is he that much better? And, and if so, why? I'm not hard on this at all, like either. I don't know why we're starting off with this. Uh, all I'm saying is, because your, da- your, da- your dad's upset Kyle at you. Kuzma, what's that? Your dad's mad at you. He's no, upset. He's, yeah, he's upset at his son having hot takes. No, 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 no. It's it's not. We had a lengthy discussion. And we're just continuing. I mean, I, I, I've said what I had to say. I don't know why we're still we're still doing this. But like, Joe, you know, we we Joe leave just, it right here. Joe just asked what we talked about yesterday after he left, and that was a huge discussion. Which again, I said I wanted Joe to be a part of, and he is now. That's why we're discussing it. This is why the show is going to go two hours. No, it's not going to go two All hours. Right. What else we got? Not, I, I, right. I, I want to talk about that game. That's actually a great segue. We called the game live yesterday. The Battle of L.A. Clippers, Lakers. It was a hard-fought game. It was sloppy, bad shooting. Both teams at half were both two of fourteen from three-point range. Lakers pulled it out in the end, led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And and that was the difference. And there's some crazy stats before we jump into it, Joe, that I want to read that I saw, which if you're a Clippers fan, it's got to scare you a little. Yesterday during that game, the Lakers bench, I'm sorry, the Clippers bench outscored the Lakers by 12 points. They shot nine more free throws. They had four more rebounds, six offensive, six more offensive rebounds. Eight more points on fast breaks, and Kawhi and Paul George had a combined 58 points. So they both played well, and the Clippers still lost by nine. Are you concerned if you are a Clippers fan? I don't think you can be concerned if you're a Clippers fan all that much because, again, like you said, you're not going to sweep the you know your, your cross-hall rivals, and... Uh, you up to that point, I think the stat was they were 10 and 0 when they had all players available, not in, on a not injury basis. So you've got to, you know, it's, this is like a, watching a stock, you know, everything is trending up. Did they have a down yesterday? Yeah. But, um, you've got to feel good about where you are as an entire team, as the Clippers. Now, again, uh, the, the Lakers-Clippers battle is something that most people think is going to be a playoff series. So really, like I said yesterday when we did the live broadcast, learning something about the other team in this game, if you're the Clippers or the Lakers, is almost as important as winning the game itself. Yeah, having bragging rights. Yeah, getting a little momentum. All that is important. But a lot's going to happen in a seven-game series. you got to pick something up. If... if Doc Rivers, and I'm, you know, I've been critical of Doc Rivers. I like Doc Rivers as a person. Uh, I think Doc Rivers is a good coach, but I also think he's a highly overrated coach. The one thing that I will give Doc Rivers credit for, I think Doc Rivers is a good uh, coach in terms of like he can take something from that game. I don't think he's a good X's and O's coach within a game. I don't think he's making a lot of great adjustments within games. Um, He's certainly not calling a lot of great plays to end games, but I feel like he has the ability to learn something from that game. So, like, if I'm the Clippers, I'm not panicking, you know? But I understand what you're saying. It seems like they played a pretty good game. They certainly, in a lot of aspects, outplayed the Lakers, and still it wasn't really all that much of a game in the final minutes. Yeah, 
And but they he, had their opportunities, and they just sure. didn't capitalize. Well, them. they could and, hit shots, and a couple of different shots go. You know, and like you said before the show started, like Avery Bradley had a big game. Like, can you count on that from an Avery no. Bradley every game? He's not hitting. No, 20. you can't. But also, if you're the Lakers, what what's got to make you feel good is you know what you're going to get from LeBron. You hopefully know what you're going to get from Anthony Davis. You need that one other guy to be able to step it up. Who is that guy? Is it going to be Bilbo's boy? You know, Kyle Kuzma in a playoff game? Is it going to be Avery Bradley in a playoff game? Is it going to be, you know, who is going to be the guy? Because I think what, one thing that we've seen with LeBron throughout the years is if he does ever get that help, and obviously now he has Anthony Davis, who we should be able to pencil in for a big game um, pretty much all the time. If he does have the help of that one other guy, he wins basketball games and championships. Well, well that's the thing. You said it all during the broadcast yesterday. We need a great game, a dominant game by AD. He showed up. He had 30 points. It's got to concern you because the other team, their two big two, basically matched with 58 points. They still lose by nine. And they're a lot deeper. And like like you said, if you kind of if you kind of consider that all those guys are going to cancel each other out and the big two on both teams comes down to bench, you really don't like the Lakers' chances, but they got it done. But yeah. LeBron has taken his game, you know. I know there's a like I always have to preface it now because I know there there are a lot of people who get very upset with us whenever we talk about LeBron James, which is always to me hilarious. How do you talk about the NBA whether it be the Lakers or otherwise without talking about LeBron James? It's like imagine doing a basketball show in the 90s and not talking about Michael Jordan. You have to talk about the greatest player that is playing today. Yeah. At, in year 17 at 35 years old, this guy is dominating. It is unheard of. Doc Rivers said that he's, he's never, never seen, seen it before. He's never seen anything like it. So take your fucking cheddar dickery. Well, well, well ignore them. Who cares? No, no, I don't ignore them. Take your fucking cheddar dickery and tweet at fucking Doc Rivers. Steffi business and all you fucking cheddar dicks out there who are butthurt because LeBron James has taken Michael Jordan's torch and extinguished it by pissing on it. No one's done this before. To lead the league and assist at this age, to be the cornerstone of a team in year 17 is incredible. It's wild. It's incredible. It's absolutely wild. I mean, it is. And Doc Rivers did say it best, saying he's never ever seen anything and, like and this. And Paul George said it in the press conference and like all these guys said like whenever this guy is on your team he gives you the ability to win. Like yeah. you are a contender by this guy showing up and putting on basketball sneakers. Here's another great rug nug from the weekend. The Lakers beat Milwaukee and the Clippers kind of I don't want to say easily but again yeah. those games they're all they're both games but yeah, in the end, they're nine and by the whatever it is. There wasn't much doubt in the fourth quarter on either yeah. of those games. The Lakers won those games by a combined 19 points yeah. while shooting 23.9% from three-point range. So I have all year been critical, deservingly so, of the Lakers' lack of shooting, especially from long range. They, they beat the two best teams, arguably, what everybody's thinking, the other two best teams in the league. And only shot 24%. I don't think that that's something that you want to count on happening. Sure. Especially over the course of a series. But, again, it's all about the matchup. And in 
the the Clippers aren't a crazy three point shooting team. You know, they don't have a ton of guys that are just like knockdown shooters. There's a lot. Of, there's a few teams that are built on that. Um, but you've got to kind of consider that if you're the Lakers, you should be able to handle a Houston Rockets team, even if you don't shoot well from three. It Again, a lot of people are penciling it in. I'm not necessarily penciling it in because I think that there are, I think both the Lakers and the Clippers have some deficiencies. I think the fact that neither of them are the crazy three-point shooter, like a lot of things can happen in a playoff series. I still think, you know, uh, a, a Rockets team, a Nuggets team, um, the, like a lot of other teams in the league could could get hot and be a challenge to either of those teams. But you got to figure if you can get through rounds one and two and get in a Western Conference Finals against one another, that it's going to be a very defensive series. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm looking ahead. We're down to the final 20 games. If you look at the matchups right now, it's a lot easier path for the Lakers. Sure. They'd get the Grizzlies in the first round. And then they'd get the winner of a Jazz. Which, by the way, isn't an easy series. No, I'm not saying it's easy. I'd take Lakers in five, though. Then the second-round matchup would be either the Jazz or Thunder, whereas the Clippers' first-round matchup is the Mavs. The Mavs are very, like, sneaky dangerous. And then they would get the winner. And that's a great example of a team with Luka, with Porzingis, with shooters. Like, that's that's a team that they get hot from three. Like you could be losing a first round series, I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, but, but like the Rockets, um, you know, if they start falling in a couple of games, you find yourself in a six and seven game series. Anything is possible. Yeah, and then that three six matchup is Nuggets Rockets. Again, a second round matchup for the Clippers from either of those teams. Yeah. You know, you could be talking six, seven game series, and as we've seen before, the longer these series drag on, it hurts you in the long run because there's fatigue yeah. when the playoffs come. But but I think the Lakers, to me, in a way, they have so many like role guys. I can kind of see some sort of comparison to last year's Raptors, even though the Lakers have two stars. Because if you looked at the Raptors last year, right in the playoffs. Wasn't that kind of how it was? You knew Kawhi was going to get his, both offensively and defensively. And it was how many guys can step up enough? Well, yeah, but also, you know, you look at those that that Raptors teams. It's like I know, you know, he he sort of went national with his name, but Siakam's a star, you know, Um, and he kind of really was a star last year, although he goes you know like i said he makes he makes headlines with how he plays when the whole world starts watching in the playoffs but he's a great second player and then also a lot of their role players a lot better than the role players the lakers have this is something lebron james has had to deal with basically his entire career is he's forced to play with these like castoffs guys who used to be good once in a whatever and now it's like like avery bradley like Avery Bradley is their third scorer last night. Avery Bradley. Yeah. Avery Bradley was like the ninth man on those, you know, Memphis and fucking Celtics teams. Yeah. Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, Danny Green. Yeah. Guys who've had their moments. 
but are definitely towards the latter end of their Take career. everybody's sixth guy, and they're like, who's going to be your third guy? If I'm a Bucks fan, I'm worried, though, man. Just what, what are you worried about? Just something about them. I don't know, man. Are, are you worried about them getting out of the East? Yeah. So look at look at their what does their path look like right now? First round matchup against the Magic. The four five in that conference is a Heat Pacers battle. Yeah, you don't love that, but but you gotta like it a little bit. I don't know. Just something about them. Now they've lost two in a row. Granted, Giannis did not play yesterday. They're obviously going to have the number one seed. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Something about them as a team. A gun to your head. Are you taking them or the field from the East? The field. Really? Without a doubt. No hesitation. Who do you like more than the Bucks? The Celtics? The Raptors? I can see the Celtics. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, they lost Kyrie Irving. It's a great segue, Joe. It's a great segue. Yeah. Great segue into... Locker room cancer Kyrie Irving. I mean, he really is. There was a great article. But Andy, he's fucking, his handle is so sick. He makes lefty layups that you've never fucking seen before. There's a great article on CBS Sports written by Brad uh, Bodkin. And the title says, Kyrie Irving didn't single-handedly get Kenny Atkinson fired, but his fingerprints are all over the Nets drama. And he breaks down... I was like, does this, good li- does this dude listen to our podcast? He basically breaks down in his article all the things that have happened with Kyrie in his career. From, like you're saying, how he's... From ne- being the second fiddle and the guy that, you know, again, look at LeBron James right now with Anthony Davis. He has said, this is Anthony Davis's team. We are running through this team with Anthony Davis. Let me. LeBron James, you you know, if you want to say he's a flopper and you want to say he's not as good as Jordan, you have to give him credit for always adjusting his career in a way that it best suits his team. He is now an assist guy. Like, there is certainly the opportunity here if Kyrie Irving and LeBron James are still playing together that if Kyrie Irving knew his role, he could be the leading scorer on a team with LeBron James right now. Yeah. So, again, coming off of a championship, runs himself out of town, removes himself from a team with the best player in the world. Because he wanted to be the man. Wanted to be the man. Goes goes to a place. Goes to a place that had exceeded expectations, and that's what the article says. Yeah. Again, everything we've said. The Celtics who had made it to a Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals, playing with all these young guys that meshed well under Brad Stevens' system. The addition of Kyrie, everyone thinks, is going to improve the team. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people. It hurts the team. Yeah. They regress. Not everyone. Just remember that. Not everyone. Most people. Yeah. Not just, Joe Prano. I'm just Joe Namathing my way. Into the tunnel here. Not Joe Prano. Not Joe Prano. The Celtics regress as a team last year, and now well, they- for, well don't forget first they ex- they excel when Kyrie Irving gets hurt and doesn't play in the playoffs. They take LeBron James and the Cavs. Well, that's what I said. Yeah. To to Game Seven. Yeah. Eastern Conference Finals. Kyrie comes back. The team gets worse. Mm-hmm. Kyrie leaves this year. The team is better again. Kyrie goes to the Nets. The Nets, Kyrie only played 20 games this year. 
the Nets were again again it's fascinating all like he said all the fingerprints point to Kyrie with this Kenny Atkinson firing when he's not even playing and when he's not even playing and here's what else is fascinating with the Nets situation the Nets were a rising team last year as we recall right they were a surprise team absolutely that nobody saw Again, just like the Celtics, a very similar situation. They exceeded the expectations. Kyrie joins the team. In the 20 games he played, they were 8-12. and 12. And now their head coach is fired. And guess what? I did not know this until I read the article. The head coach is also one of the reasons they got Durant, supposedly, because Durant had said how much he liked him. And Durant's on record talking about that. And now Durant has not played a single game as a net, and the coach is already gone because of Kyrie. Yes. Allegedly. Allegedly. And Kyrie not playing. Kyrie done for the year. You know what I liked about this article is that it's basically saying, this is kind of the premise of what he writes, is that Kyrie needs, and he goes back to the LeBron situation. He says he needs a mega star to mask all the baggage that he brings. LeBron did it sufficiently enough in Cleveland. And he begs the question, can Kevin Durant do that? You know, is Kevin Durant the guy who can basically cover Kyrie so Kyrie can kind of hide as the number two and still be productive, and still get the team to play well together. And that kind of is the big question mark for the Nets moving forward. Well, as I said when uh, I said that I didn't want, as a Knicks fan, I didn't want Kyrie and KD. And as I said when he signed with the Nets, Kevin Durant and a uh, dribble-heavy, shoot-first, me-first point guard, what could go wrong? We're acting like we don't know. We're acting like we don't have Kevin Durant in this situation in his career. Yeah. And hearing for five years, does Russell have to go? Does KD have to go? How do these two coexist? Can they coexist? Can they win together? They're now both gone. Neither of them have won. You know, I mean, K- KD obviously went. But, like, that great example of no one would ever call Steph a me-first dribble-heavy point guard. Yeah. I, like, honestly, I like Kevin Durant as a basketball player. And I like Ke- – obviously, Kevin Durant has some personal issues with the way, you know, the blog boys and all that stuff. But – you hear Kevin Durant talk about basketball and you hear him how he like all he wants to do is study like how does he not know that that oh he's good friends with Kyrie or whatever but like you know this what it is. ain't it man you know what it is you we all know Kyrie is the hot girl at the bar that you know you know she's a little crazy and you're like man She's so hot. But she's op- She's on the record as, I don't give blowjobs. I don't pass the ball. That's not my thing. Not a sharer. Not a giver. Me. I don't. Like, 
I just don't understand. Again, I've said it. I've taken I, I've thousands of replies on the I don't want Kyrie on the Knicks. In this day and age, what are you doing with a shoot first point guard? But but it's not even that. Again, you're talking more of the basketball sense. I'm just looking at from all these circumstances, which again are highlighted in this CBS Sports article of this is what happened in Cleveland. This is what happened but in I, Boston. But but it now it's happening. But it in is Brooklyn. the exact same thing. Like we're the the line is getting blurry between how he handles himself off the court and how he handles himself on the court. But it's the same issue. He's selfish. Yeah. That's the problem. It needs to be me. I need to be the guy. We need to go someplace and do it together. Let's go blah blah like Dude, you were playing with the best player in the world. He was getting ready to pass the torch to you in terms of you will be the leader of this team. Yeah. Let's just win a bunch of championships together. Well, well, Couldn't do it. He what, he what Kyrie was, you see this a lot of time in the entertainment business with actors. They want to be the guy or the girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They leave the sitcom, the hit sitcom. Because they think, remember when she left, it was a big deal because she thought she was going to be a star. Catherine Heigl, what show was she on? That I have no idea. One of those popular shows. Okay. But like she was a prime example. Uh, the hospital show. Yeah. Fucking, right. Grey's Anatomy? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. But that, but that's my point is these, these movie stars or their agents or their managers or whoever they are, they get it in their head. Meanwhile, Steve Buscemi works forever. But that's what I'm saying. They're part of ensembles. And they work well together. And sometimes people are propped up and they're be- they're better. Okay, take somebody. Would you call Jonah Hill a movie star or is he always? I think Jonah Hill's a big star, but I think he's always great with somebody else. Okay. Is, is, you see what I'm saying? Sure. I think that you're, I think you're, conf- you're mixing metaphors here and you're confusing a lot of stuff. The bottom line is Ky- it's, this isn't about Kyrie Irving, like, again, necessarily wanting to be there it's just it the simple fact comes down to straight up style of play 2020 nba what am i doing with fucking mr dribble a lot what am i doing with him there's only one mike d'antoni who's going to go give me a guy with a skill set i'll figure out how to use it there's only one guy and he's already got a point guard. And he already took him from Oklahoma City. And he brought him there. And he fucking did something. And then he took the other guy. And now he's using... The, but what am I doing with Mr. Dribble all the time, never pass point guard? What am I doing with it? Losing games because he likes to get to the rack. Three is greater than two. He, by the way, Kyrie, a great catch and shoot guy. Yeah. Refuses to catch and shoot. Won a three-point contest. Refuses to catch and shoot. Yeah. Refuses. What am I doing with you? I sell all of my Kyrie stock. I've been selling it forever. No one listens. The Nets didn't listen. The Celtics didn't listen. Am I more qualified to be the GM of the Nets than the Nets GM? 100%. Yeah. Bro, what are you going to do with this guy? Get your coach fired? Injury prone. Dribbles too much. Locker room cancer. He's out for the season. 
he was underperforming. He's out for the season. He got your coach fired. What are you doing with this guy? It's kind of impressive if you ask me. To get your coach fired while you're not even I mean, playing. people, he had people, and, and no one ever blames Kyrie. Well, I think people are starting to. Until now, it's like, talking about last year was, oh, was Brad, is Brad Stevens not as good a coach as we thought he was? No, Kyrie fucking sucks, man. What am I doing with an N1 star in the NBA today? Cool. Hot sauce. You just you just lost Kyrie Irving is hot 50 sauce. games in the NBA. Yeah. That's what he Mikey, should do. Mikey Ryan, Devin Springfield, all the people who fucking came at me. You remember I'm all, right. You're wrong. You remember all their names. Oh, I, I remember all their names. Mikey Ryan, Devin Springfield. You know what your list is. You ever go... You ever, at Mikey underscore Ryan 11. You ever go to the... Uh, you ever been to... You've been to D.C. Max Scheneker 44. <laughs> Devin Springfield 22. Do you... You ever been to the Vietnam Memorial? Sure. You know the list of names of all the people who yeah. died? That's like your list of names of Twitter handles. Yeah. Yeah. A Prano never forgets. And, and sometimes I do forget, but then I get then I can just put in like keywords and find and find the people, which is always really fun for me too. Well, Joe, you're you're getting all worked up about Kyrie. I am all worked up and I am very, very hungry. I cannot wait for this show to end so I can cook some of my delicious butcher box meat. That quality meat that they ship it right to your door. How convenient is that? I mean, this is the model these days, and the reason it's the model is because it's great. I don't have to go anywhere. The meat just shows up to my door. To delicious your door. meat. And for somebody who can't walk right now, yeah. how convenient is the meat everything, showing up to your door? Everything has to be delivered to my door. Everything. Guys, every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. All the meat is antibiotics-free. I'm sorry, free of antibiotics and added hormones. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individuals. I love it. I really do. It's great meat. It's high-quality. And it's affordable way to... Let's see if I can read ButcherBox is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. Right now, Dirtballs, take advantage of this offer. ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription, plus $20 off their first box. Just go to ButcherBox.com forward slash dirty or enter promo code dirty at checkout. That's butcherbox.com forward slash dirty or enter promo code dirty at checkout. Once again, new members get ground beef for life. Two pounds of ground beef in every box for the rest of your subscription. I love it. I, it was a, I, I don't know what, like maybe a month or so ago now that we got our butcher bot. They sent us some free yeah. samples and I still have. Meat as 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 one man. Yeah, like I'll go yeah. into my freezer and I'll be like, oh, I I think I'm out of food. Every time I go in, it's like a magic freezer. That's how sure. much food butcher box sends you. It just it just always seems to be in there. 
Ground beef, really the LeBron of the food industry. You know, you can really do anything with it. Put it anywhere it's going to produce for you. I mean, yeah. what, you want hamburgers? <laughs> Got it. You want some meatloaf, sloppy joes, meatballs? What do you need? Ground beef. Off the bolognese. I got to expand my beef cooking, by the way. That's I'm lacking. I just do the burgers. I don't know how to do the, the meatloaf. Well, ground beef casserole? The, yeah, pasta bolognese. Make make you you make uh, regular pasta and sauce, but when you put the sauce out to heat, put cook some meat in there and dump the sauce over it, and then just let it all simmer together. Get some meaty sauce. Pour that on pasta. Boom, pasta and meat sauce. Love it. Sounds delish. I want to talk about this new Rams logo first. We got to talk about we got we got to we got to go to the the big news, which I thought we were going to start with, but I know we wanted to cover the NBA. We got to talk about this. Oh, go for it. Coronavirus canceling the, oh, yeah. the tennis tournament. Sorry, I completely forgot about that. It's huge news. Uh, I mean... I mean, it's not huge news that it's canceling the tennis tournament. It is huge news that it's canceling the tennis tournament. It, it's canceling it? the fifth major, they call that tennis tournament out at Indian Wells. It's called the fifth major? Yeah. The fifth major, it's the single biggest tennis tournament in the United States of America behind the U.S. Open. Okay. 450,000 people attend that tournament. I did see that. It's a massive tournament. It goes on two weeks. It's the sole reason that I go next weekend to Fantasy Springs is so I can go to the finals of that tournament. It's an incredible tournament. It is Probably the biggest thing that happens in the Coachella Valley besides Coachella and maybe, I guess, probably Stagecoach, although 450,000 people, more people probably show up to it than Stagecoach um, or Coachella. Probably not, but... What? 450,000 people is a lot of people. It is. Yeah. Um, It's a massive end work, and it's being canceled because of coronavirus... First of all, here's a pet peeve. Stop calling it COVID-19. You're not a scientist. Just call it coronavirus. Uh, it's being <laughs> it's being canceled because... Who's calling it COVID-19? I know. Somebody the other day, somebody messaged me and goes, did you hear the tournament was canceled because of COVID? It's like, all right, doctor. Can we just call it coronavirus? Um, it, it's, I, this is huge news. And the, the, the reason I think this is huge news is because if they're canceling this... How soon before they start canceling things that like Bro. from from a uh like a more I agree sort of casual sports fan I agree standpoint I am concerned South by Southwest was canceled yeah that was huge I mean that brings in a there's one there's apparently one case of it in Riverside County which is where you know close by to this tournament and they're canceling it because of that and and honestly from a sports standpoint I mean. Look. You've got you've got baseball games I think in Japan that they're playing the entire season without a crowd. Like why aren't they playing this tennis tournament without a crowd? They're just canceling this tournament? Look, I said it on yesterday's live broadcast. After I did my Andy Ruther deep dive in the last week. The amount of people who were killed by the regular flu. The LA Times did a great article kind of saying why they're explaining why everyone's freaking out about it, but because they don't know. There's too many unknowns sure. with the coronavirus. But I agree. We were just looking at flights before the show started. This coronavirus, flights are so cheap because nobody wants to fly. So th- this notion that you're going to cancel an entire tennis tournament, and Joe's right, the NBA put out a memo last week to prepare teams 
to play games with no fans. I mean, think about it. 450,000 people go to this tennis tournament over the course of two weeks, right? So it's 14 days, 45, 450,000 people, right? So yeah. call that what? 30,000 people a day. That sound about right. Yeah. That's about how many people show up to Staples Center. 20 to 22,000, whatever it is for seats a, about a little over 18, but okay. whatever. Sure. So give or take. Over the course of two weeks with the Lakers and Clippers, you're getting about the same amount of people to Staples. Are we going to start canceling NBA games? Are we going to start playing them without crowds? I don't think about it. And I don't know if that's naive, but again, like we're going to the Ducks game, courtesy of a dirtball, courtesy of Zach. He he works for the Ducks. We're going to the Ducks game on Wednesday, right? Like the thought didn't cross my mind. Oh my God, we're going to a Ducks Blues game in an arena. You know what I'm saying? The coronavirus because. A million people visit Venice Beach Boardwalk. Like, are you going to start licking people's hands? Well, and I mean, my back street, Mildred, is literally full of homeless crackheads with feces. That's not even an exaggeration. I, it, it just seems to me like this is a uh, and and you can look this up, but like, oh, my God, an election year virus. Oh, some crazy news story to fucking, di- you know, distract us from whatever. It's like. You know what I think it is? I think it's, you know, we talk about cancel culture, Joe. To me, to me, it's it's a blurred line with the cancel culture we live in slash freak out culture. Everything is over-exaggerated and blown up. I thought we were going to, I I mean, is did, is the World War III with Iran? Are we, did, we get, did we get out of that? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was what, January? It's January. Yeah, it's a good point. We completely forgot about that. But that's my point. It's on to the next thing. And everyone, dude, if you go, I've gone every day out of curiosity. I've gone every single day to the major news websites to see their headlines. CNN, literally every single day for the last 10 days, their lead story is about a disease that has killed, what, 25 people in our country? Yeah. If you really want to put things in perspective, it's so overblown. And I am concerned as a sports fan. They're canceling a big tennis tournament. What's it gonna happen? What's gonna happen when March Madness, which is just rolling around the corner? Kentucky Derby's early May. NBA playoffs right around the corner. Baseball season starts in two weeks. Yeah. There is one caveat. I want to say the coronavirus has not affected the XFL, just nobody's showing up. That's what that is. By the way, how's the XFL doing? I mean, how was it? I mean, did, this, you, this, did you go to did you go to a game? No, I didn't go to a game, but, but I mean, this thing is crashing and burning before our eyes, and no one's noticing it. He put on a game last night, like background noise for us. We were both kind of doing our own thing, working. Was it? It was in L.A. It was an L.A. game. Oh, you should have seen the crowd, bro. Nobody there. It was. It was a great game too. Like it came down to the final possession. Yeah. Teams on the one yard line, about to go in and tie the game up. They threw a pick. And four people saw it. And are there reports out there about how the these things are performing? The only positive report I saw was St. Louis was getting enough people that they were going to open the second upper deck. Great. The St. Louis folks who lost the Rams yeah. are supporting. 
LA, surprise, surprise, has two football teams, one of which they don't support already, is yeah. not supporting now a third team. Yeah. I've said from the beginning, fuck Vince McMahon. So I hope it fails. I, I just, I, it's just, NBA, or NFL is king, man. I just, don't, I just don't even know how you even, you even come close to getting near. Well, and the thing is, I don't even think that the NFL is king necessarily from like the product being great. I think the NFL is king because it's just generations of people that are, you know, brought up with within this. Like if you're a Steelers fan, your dad is a Steelers fan and his dad is a Steelers fan. And it's just like, we are Steelers people. We are Browns people. We are like, and, and basically if you're anybody, but the, Browns or the Bengals or the Vikings, you have some glory days within two generations of your family. Oh, you should have seen it when we were in the 90s. We won all the Super Bowls. Oh, are you sure, Dad? Because the Cowboys haven't won a playoff game. No, it's great. You should have seen it. It's like there's just years and years of this built in, like, love and, like, I, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like this like devotion to these franchises, which the quality of the XFL isn't great. And who gives a shit? Well, well, another factor, I just think people for some reason don't think about is this. I consider myself an avid sports fan and even more. And like NFL is, is my thing. I, I love the NFL, right? I have the Sunday ticket. I have three TVs watching the games. I've done that for years. What they're not putting, like, what they're not thinking about, Joe, in my opinion, is I love it, but by the end, I'm ready to have my Sundays back. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, there is such a thing as football fatigue. Yeah. And for some reason, nobody wants to talk about that. So my take is this. When football ends, when I've, for five straight months, it's five months, Basically, September through January, if you want to go through NFL playoffs. After five months of me watching games, not only on Sunday, but every Monday night game, every Thursday night game, after five months of doing that, I say, thank God. Yeah, I saw Yoshi, your boy, at the comedy store on Saturday, and he was like, I always get so depressed when football ends. And I was like, nah, I don't, because you get a break. And you get to build up. And that's why I get so excited yes. when September comes around again. It's because I've been without football. The idea of like band-aiding myself through the offseason with the XFL. I've watched 10 combined minutes of yeah. XFL football. So the, you guys think the issue is that Americans can become desensitized to football to a point with the XFL? I just think that there's no devotion whatsoever to any of these teams. And again, like... I actually don't even think the quality of play overall in the NFL is all that high right now. So then you're taking a, a level down from that. And and this goes this goes to like my uh argument about college basketball. I think the level of play in college basketball is garbage. I think it's bad. I think it's bad for a number of reasons, mostly because the elite teams don't have players that stick around and the teams that do have players that stick around don't have elite talent. So it's like bad across the board, bad coaching because they're not, but people are so devoted to those teams. 
I've been a Xavier fan my whole life. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. It's still garbage basketball, and and that's the thing. It's like I don't think it's a matter of the quality of play. I think if the XFL had been around a hundred years and this was the quality of football, people would be freaking out. Because if you think about it, think about the talent that's on these XFL teams, like. People always go, oh, could Alabama beat the Browns? Like, I don't think Alabama beats an XFL team. No, they don't. Right? So the quality is there, but there's just no devotion. Yeah, I agree. And I and I think it's hard to, it's I think I think St. Louis is an example. It's hard to get devotion when you're in a place that already has a thing. So St. Louis lost their football team. Now they're filling their arena for their XFL team. Okay. But how do you like, it's just too hard to build a league around. We're only going to put teams in places that have like recently lost a team or desperately need football for some reason. But you could that that's where to me, the problem is look at the XFL. You have a team in New York, LA, DC, Seattle. They already have NFL franchises. But where are you putting them? Amarillo. Where are you putting them that is going to, like, okay, St. Louis is a big city. St. Louis lost a football team. But are you going to some mid-city? Like, you you could put it in Oklahoma, but, like, Oklahoma's got Oklahoma football. Yeah. They don't get, they're not going to be like, yeah, well, now we also got the fucking Rough Riders. Yeah. Like, and there's only so many places where it's like, oh, we had a team, but we don't have a team anymore, and blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel you. I just don't know where you're putting these teams to try to like get that devotion. Sure. No, you're right. XFL viewership week one was three point twelve million. Week two, two point five two point zero five million. Th- week three, one point six million, and this past weekend down to one point three eight million, a fourteen percent drop from week three. I mean, we get to week sixteen, we're at like two hundred thousand at this rate. I mean, look, th- what they- week are we in? We're in week. Four. We just added wow. week four. It's amazing. Look, it seems like it's been that longer. Look, one million isn't bad for like a Sunday or Saturday afternoon. If if they, from what all reports I've read, if they can keep it in at least a million, it's feasible. But once you start dipping below that, but look, I mean, again, dropping it's, quick. It's, it's dropping pretty rapidly. We're at week four. Yeah, we're entering free fall state. So you and I both said under two and a half seasons. I think we're looking pretty good right now. Yeah. Yeah. So the Which N- I feel now I feel bad for St. Louis. Yeah, they're rallying around the team again. The XFL ain't gonna last. So the NFL maybe it's pr- maybe maybe the one thing maybe the one benefit for the city of St. Louis is, is they are proving they will support this team, and then maybe they should get one back. Yeah. Keep the what are they? What's the St. Louis? The fucking the gladiators? No, they're not the gladiators. They're like the the Battle Hawks. The Battle Hawks. The St. Louis Battle Hawks. The Battle Hawks and NFL team. Yeah. So there was a leak about the NFL CBA. They're still having negotiations. And this was such a misleading article. I wanted to bring it to the forefront on our show because everybody's wrong on social media. The headline is new NFL CBA would eliminate suspensions for positive drug tests, marijuana included. So everyone sees this and says, oh, finally. The owners are taking a right step. They're not going to suspend players for having positive marijuana or CBD tests. This is why it's misleading. 
it's complete and utter bullshit. They're still fined. So basically, this is what the NFL is doing. This, this, is, this is how it breaks down. You're not suspended, so they don't want to hurt the actual team, but they're still hurting the individual. These are the proposed fines and violations for marijuana, drugs, whatever you want to call it. The first marijuana, drugs, whatever you want to call it. Well, you know, to me, that's a blurred line. The first violation is a twenty thousand dollar fine. But now, but so you got you got to clear something up for me. Like, what if you get busted with coke? Like, that's still a suspendable offense. Or, or like, what is this adjustment? This is for cannabis. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it doesn't specifically say in the article that I read. This, yeah, okay. This includes every substance of abuse the league tests for, from opioids to marijuana. Would cocaine be in that list? Okay, I, so anything that the league tests for, but it won't be suspensions. It'll just be fines? Unless you violate this, like, seven times. Okay. So the unexcused failure to appear for testing, oh, that's for just not right. appearing. Let, let's do the positive test result. The first violation is half a week's salary. The second violation is one week's salary. The third violation is two weeks' salary. And the fourth and subsequent violations are three weeks' salary. So, so this is what I love, and this is my point. Don't act like, oh, the owners are so good. They're letting players smoke marijuana as they should. They're letting them use CBD oil as they should. Don't get it twisted, guys. That's all BS. They're, they're actually going to take money away from the players, let them play, basically say, hey, you can go play this week, but you're not making any money, but we need you on our team because you being out there is going to make money for me. But also, the, the s- fining somebody instead of suspending them, no one even notices a fine. Players or, or fans... The players? Pl- obviously, players do. Yeah. But fans... I can tell you how many times Vontez Perfect has been suspended in his career. I can tell you how many times Tom Brady has been suspended in his career. I can tell you how many times. I don't know how many times those guys have gotten fined. Those things just go under the radar. So now the thing is, like uh, like you said, the league is getting the best of both worlds. Exactly. They're getting your fines, and they're getting players, and they're not getting even really all that much attention for the fact that they're finding guys. It's such a sneaky. But now the CBA is there's still there's still a lot of issues with this agreement. Yeah. Well, the the big rumors, I'm sure you saw them, is that the owners supposedly wanted it to fail so that could that they could come back with an 18 game proposal from 17, which no one wants except the owners. No one fans don't want it. Players don't want it. I don't no want. I don't want eighteen games, man. Stupid. I, I just said I get Nick in a, does. Nick wants eighteen games. And I'm more, all for and more playoff, You guys know more this. playoff games. I, I mean, I get fatigue. How many nights am I going to be barred up in here watching football? One more week. Two more. They want two more weeks. Well, it'd be eighteen weeks, but it, there's seventeen weeks currently. Yeah. It'd be one more game. They don't have a bye. Yeah, they have a bye. One more game. No, I think they want 18 games. No, it's 
I mean, we they they went through this. It would be 17 games. No, right? no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. The latest leak is that they want this to fail because they don't want 17 games. The owners they want 18 games. Yes, the owners look this up. The owners want 18 games. This is dumb. Turn it into a goddamn baseball season. Yeah. Every other league is like, hey, how do we how do we play less games? The NFL is like, how do we play more? But we care about CTE, and we care about players' health. Well, if you did, you wouldn't be adding games. Oh, they, I mean, have they even ever pretended to care about players' health? I don't even know that they yeah, pretended that. They pretend. There's a lot of pretending going on. Have you seen this Rams' new logo? Is, uh, it, is this real? Is this Rams' new logo real? By the way, this is... Everybody's freaking out like it's the worst logo ever. It's, it's like, pretty bad. There's a lot of bad logos. For, for the last... For, Bro. Dude, for the last four seasons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers numbers have looked like an old hotel alarm clock. Bro, their their new logo looks like a combination of the Chargers meets the Rams. It, what it looks like is the settings on like a washer dryer. Or that. It's like what, what this this circular twisting thing. It's like oh yeah, you have a large load, turn to L. But even this one, I'm showing you this one, which is more of the Rams colors. But I feel like this is what teams do now. They like leak it to get public opinion, and then it's like oh, no, that was never our logo. That's the report I heard too. It's that they have a few options. And then they, they sent these designs to, like, merchandise people. There's, like, a hat that went viral. And this isn't, like, an officially released logo yet. This is just something that was leaked and then got a bunch of viral feedback. Did they contact the Shabelli family for their approval? I feel like Shabelli's like, Shabelli right now is like, I hate this. But then if they make it their logo, he's like, what are you talking about? It's the best logo ever. <laughs> this is the logo my grandfather wanted. This is, he was fighting for this for years. Because no one's ever, no one's ever been more of a homer than Joe Shubelli. Joe, this will be Joe Shubelli. Joe Shubelli will be like, I have an argument that this is the greatest sports logo in history. And you're like, but you didn't like it before. Well, well, now that I now that I've seen it in a different light. What's yeah. the worst NFL logo? You going Bucks? I mean, no, I don't think the Bucks logo is the worst. Their jerseys, but their jerseys are horrific. Yeah. Um, the worst logo in the NFL. Um. That's a great question. I mean, the Browns is just a helmet. Yeah, the Browns don't even have a logo. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Dolphins revamped logo is trash. They they like had a great logo and then they like they tried to like modernize a dolphin. (laughs) Like, dude, you pretty majestic looking. How do you make a like you're you're taking an animal and they'd be like, what if it's sleeker? Like, dolphins like, but we're not. This this is what we look like. It's like, but now we're gonna thin you out. Like, um, we're gonna okay. get you on that gluten dolphin diet. Yeah, and then uh, who else's logos are trash? I mean, the Patriots logo is pretty trash. I was gonna say the Patriots. I've the Patriots been... like modern, like the uh, the old football snapping Patriot was. I like it. Dope. I like it. The modern Patriot logo is trash. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, the Bengals, just the B. Yeah. Well, the Bengals is a tiger too. Yeah. Bengals isn't good. Uh, the Cowboys is just a star. Yeah, but it's a lone star pretty, state. Pretty lazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the Panthers logo. Um, YouTube comments: What's the worst uh, NFL logo, or just logo in sports? 
the Jets, the Jets going back to their trash '90s logo. That was garbage. Yeah. This Rams one though, ugh. Yeah, it's it's horrific. This new, I mean, this is just. I think they're just trying to save money. What's tra- the best logo in the NFL? The best logo? I mean, the Raiders logo is pretty legit. I was gonna say, I was just the Steelers thinking. Steelers logo is pretty legit. Yeah, those are some good ones. Those are also like long, you know, like long-term franchises have been yep. around for a minute. The Washington football team logo is pretty good. Racist. Yeah. <laughs> so, Prano, Justin Verlander has been shut down. What's what's happening here? Yeah, left the game uh, yesterday, I think, with, like, tricep soreness or lat soreness or something like that. But just was removed from the game against the Mets yesterday and now has been shut down indefinitely, and they're saying that his opening day status is questionable. You know what? So, I don't wish injuries on anybody, but fuck the Astros. Yeah, Astros, the wheels are coming off. I love the highlights. Yeah. It's a lot difficult when you don't know the pitch. It's a lot more difficult to bat. Yeah. Yesterday, Thor just freezing guys. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. And look, Seth Lugo, who's a reliever for the Mets, he was on the record a couple weeks ago, last week, I think, as saying, like, he remembers pitching against the Astros last year or the year before, whatever whatever year it was that they had uh, they had the AL West in interleague, and said, "I remember thinking, man, I'm pitching a pretty good game, and they are just fucking hitting it." He he was like, "I feel like I'm making my pitches," and he goes, "Now it all makes sense." And you saw it yesterday. I mean, no doubt Noah Syndergaard's 98 on the corner is difficult to hit, but yeah. Makes it look especially difficult to hit when guys have no fucking idea what's coming. And and really, if they had never known what was coming, I think it would be a different story. I I think this is gonna hurt them a lot as a team. Yeah. See, th- there's that whole notion a lot of people are claiming. Oh, the Astros are gonna rally around that they are. So far, it doesn't look like that. It does not. That they are, you know, public enemy number one. It's going to make them play even better. It's a 162-game season. The the thing in baseball is that it's really about being able to go to work every day through the grind. Yeah. The hardest part of baseball is how many games you play, that it happens in the summer, that you play six games a week. You basically get one day off a week, if that. Sometimes you go weeks at a time without a day off. Yeah, it's a grind. Add to the grind. Add to being a a guy who checks in at a factory every day and punches a time clock. When you show up, everybody yells, "You fucking suck!" Yeah, that wouldn't be fun. No, it's gonna be hard. I agree. People don't realize that 162 games where people are yelling at you. Now, some of those are home games, but good luck when you have the Yankees at home and some of these big markets. It's gonna be flooded with opposing teams' fans. I'll be real curious to see how they play come regular season. Well, we'll go see them down in Anaheim. That's right. Will Nick still be here for that? Is Bilbo? What, uh, will, you, will you be here for April? Oh, I'll be here for April. Nice. Where's, where's he going? I don't know. I don't know. Where, where's he leaving? I, I don't know. Like, you, you're talking about remove. You're talking about moving to the South Bay. Whoa, 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 whoa! Just don't be putting that out there. I'm talking about 
So you finding a two bedroom for you and your son? I mean, I got plans in May, so here in LA. Yeah, so. nice. I'm talking about relocation. Yes, might be on Mildred soon. The do not go on Mildred. I would not allow that. The I would want. I would not wish that on anybody. You talk about teams relocating. The the Dirty Sports Network is looking into relocation. We discussed it yesterday. Nothing further to be said. It was discussed in the live broadcast. And those are some of the great nugs you get. Smutty you- Estates. <laughs> Welcome to Smutty Estates. Smutty Estates. A three-acre compound in, S- in Los Angeles' South Bay area. Yeah. Get me out of here. Joe, the beard yes. is back in full force. It is. I uh, I took off the mustache post-surgery. Um, and you know, basically this is all, it's all a way to hide the regrowth of the mustache. But as you know, the most important thing when you have a beard and a mustache, almost more important than just having a, a face like yours where you keep it mostly shaved yeah. is you've got to keep it tight. You, you can, you know, you can't, you can you can have a little bit of a uh, five o'clock shadow if you keep a clean shave, but when you have a mustache, Everything else has to be clean. When you have a beard, this top cheek's got to be clean. This neck's got to be clean. And uh, I make sure to do that every day. Maybe if, I, if I'm keeping it kind of clean-shaven-ish, I'll shave every three or four days. When I have the mustache or the beard, every day I break out my Harry's razors. I take down the neck. Yeah. I take down the top. Just make sure everything's popping. Keep it looking good. Clean lines. Yeah. The great part about Harry's is they offer premium blades. As low as $2 each, guys. It'd be like a 50% off sale happening every time you went looking for razor blades. That's how great a deal Harry's is. It keeps Joe nice and fresh. Look at you. Looking all fresh. Thank you to our friends at Harry's. 100% quality guaranteed. If you don't love your shave with them, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. How many places offer that? A full refund. Not many. If you don't like what they have to offer. Also, 1% of proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. So they're helping out the vets. Everybody wants to talk about helping out the vets. They actually do it. And best of all, guys, Harry's has an amazing offer. Offer. Harry's has an amazing offer for all the dirt balls. New customers get $5 off a trial set at harrys.com forward slash dirty. Throw, throw it on the comment section, Nick. Let everybody see that, please. That's harrys.com forward slash dirty. You'll get a five-blade razor, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover. Join the millions of guys who already who are already sh- saving money and go to harrys.com. Already shaving money and saving money. Forward slash dirty. To claim that offer. Okay, Joe. Dirtball calls? Sure. Let's do it. Is that the portion of the show we have arrived at? We have. I said we're going to keep it tight, and we're keeping it tight. What's up, guys? Back out here in Denver. Joe, it's dope seeing you. Up in Boulder. All the other dirtballs. Go check them out. So now our baseball season getting going. I was just watching this video on Nolan Ryan. So, apparently, he may be the fastest pitcher ever. Did you know that 
back when he was pitching, recorded 100 miles an hour at that time, the fastest pitch that recorded the speed from 10 feet behind home plate. And Aroldis Chapman holds the fastest fastball 105. Apparently, if they took that reading for Nolan Ryan in today's day, it would have reached 106 with a possibility of 110. That poses a question. Is Nolan Ryan the hardest throwing pitcher ever? All right, stay dirty, boys. Okay. Nolan Ryan was a beast. This guy would, like, work on the farm and then pitch a game. Yeah. So there's a documentary on Netflix. I don't know if it's a Netflix original, but it's been on Netflix for a while. Hopefully it's still there. Called Fastball. All about the fastball. They talk about... uh, they talk about basically the evolution of pitching. Um, and one of the things that they tackle is the hardest thrown pitch of all time and the various ways that they have used to measure it, uh, which included like back in the day, a guy riding a motorcycle oh, like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Or uh, throwing it through like two plates of glass um, and then judging the distance between that. Uh, obviously, radar guns have changed through the years. Wait, wait a second. Let's back this up. You mean to tell me they would rate a pitch's velocity by throwing it through glass? Yeah, there was there was a couple different methods to throw it through glass. Throw it like a bot, like uh, Nick said, Bob Feller throwing it while a a uh, motorcycle is driving by him. Um, so Bro. there's there's been things. It's a great video. The radar him. radar uh, radars have changed through the years. They used to. Um, measure it out of a pitcher's hand. They used to measure it as across the plate. They used to measure it halfway. Um, There is certainly a case that Nolan Ryan uh, was the hardest-throwing pitcher of all time at a certain point. Um, The... (laughs) Yeah, Nick's showing you the video of the motorcycle. This Bob Feller motorcycle video is so funny. Yeah. It's ridiculous because, like, timing it up is like, how do you make sure that yeah. you let go of the ball at the exact same time so as the motorcycle? That the rides? motorcycle actually got a head start in this video, but Bob Feller's fastball actually gets there before the motorcycle does. If we look at the replay here, see, look at that head start the motorcycle has. Bob Feller winding up right now on a sidearm release, and his fastball is going to get there before the cop on the motorcycle gets there. Quite significantly, might have. Why has he got to run through something? So you can, video so you can see, so you can see which one goes through. Now, uh, so here's the thing: uh, there has been an argument, and if you watch this documentary, that Nolan Ryan was certainly uh, the fast, potentially the fastest ever, and that he was um, faster than guys that came after him. Uh, but again, the methods of measuring this stuff are all over the place. Here's what I'll say. I'll say this. Everything I know about evolution of athletes tells me that like these guys that come up, maybe not like the Araldis Chapman or whatever, but like even just the last couple of years, there was a guy supposedly throwing 104, 106. And a lot of times those guys who throw super hard are flashes in the pan. Chapman's obviously been throwing really hard for a really long time. Nolan Ryan throwing really hard for 40 years is like unheard of. But 
everything I know about evolution sports is like, there's no way that Nolan Ryan has thrown the hardest fastball ever. It's just that just like everything I know about guys getting bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah. The kid that had two days up in the major leagues a couple of years ago and supposedly hit one Oh six and went back down. Like he threw faster. Yeah. But the documentary is worth a watch for sure. It's great. It's a great doc. Well, let's keep moving on these calls. This one's for Bilbo, actually. Hey, you got Michigan Dirtball here. Um, I got I got a question for Nick, and then I have a statement for Joe and Andy. I think they'll appreciate. First off, is Nick. How do you feel about when Detroit, all the Detroit sports teams, all now play in Little Caesars Arena? So these big places like the Joe and the Palace are kind of just left sitting. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. And then the second thing is, as someone who grew up in Grand Rapids, lived in Mount Pleasant, lived in the Upper Peninsula, and now lives over in the Flint area, um, nobody from here brags about Kyle Kuzma being from Flint at all. Everyone talks way more about just some this guy named Monte Morris. So I thought that was interesting, and you guys would appreciate that. Condoms are for the Western Michigan Broncos. Fire up. Fire up chips. I love it. Wait, wait what's fire up? Central Michigan thing? It's the Central Michigan okay. thing. I'm wearing my flying C-shirt today. The Chippewas? Well. Yeah, the Chippewas. You say fire up chips? Sir, yeah. It's our battle cry. Is a Chippewa a Native American? That's right. It's a tribe. Got a casino. So uh, t- let's tackle the first part of this. Yeah. Everybody so plays in Little Caesars Arena. So where's Little Caesars Arena as opposed to where the other things were? So Little Caesars Arena is r- across the street from Comerica Park, where the Tigers play. And then Comerica Park is right next to Ford Field. So everything's in one central location. This move... It is good for the Pistons, who get out of Auburn Hills. Right. And it is... How far is Auburn Hills from, from where the stadium is it's now? It's like 35 minutes. Okay. We, yeah, we looked it up last night. I knew Auburn Hills was in the suburbs. Yeah. Like the like the rich white suburbs. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 35 miles away. Yeah. And Detroit. they're demolishing it, apparently, this month. Great. And it's... I don't think it's good for the Red Wings. So, Joe Louis Arena, obviously, classic... NHL Stadium, beautiful location right by the river across from Windsor, Canada. Gorgeous. Um, I would have liked to see maybe kind of what they did with the, with the Palace of Auburn Hills um, in the last five years, maybe remodeling Joe Lewis, keeping the, you know, the hockey town culture. I don't love all of the sports teams in one area because, yeah, it makes for great renovations and it makes for a great city life in that one area, but all the rest... The rest of Detroit, I mean, it's still it's still kind of in shambles besides the, that area. I, I, I mean, that's also just uh, not just a convenience thing for uh, sports fans, but I'm sure that the building of a new arena is, you know, predicated on, oh, we're going to put the hockey team there and we're going to put the basketball team there. And restaurants and, the restaurant, and shops. Yeah, and all that stuff. And the, the, the taxes and the kickbacks and the constru- all that stuff is – Got to be factored in. I mean, well, there's not. I, I got to imagine there's 
not many, if any, uh, two winter sport like basketball, football towns where those teams don't share an arena. Yeah. And also, too, something that has to go into mind when you're making stadiums is this stadium is built for hockey. So you have to take in that into consideration when it comes to the seating. So hockey, there's glass. You have to make seats that go up higher. It kind of restricts viewing. Something like the Warriors' new arena, the Chase Center, they don't have a hockey team. So that they can build their venue that's optimal for basketball and concerts. That's something that I think is going to restrict the Little Shoes Arena from being like a great concert venue. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, but, you know, it, it's good for Detroit. You know, I hear Little Caesars Arena is nice. The fans seem to like it. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm not really a Detroit sports fan, um, obviously. My Steelers fan, Pittsburgh, can't get behind Detroit sports teams. I did a deep dive on the Palace last night on Wikipedia. It was way ahead of its time. Like, they were the first ever NBA arena to really implement the nice suites. And when they did it, people were saying, what is this? Like, basically, they were way ahead. None of the arenas it was saying that were built, I believe it opened in uh, 86. But when they had all these nice suites, again, it was, it, was, it was always controversial from at least what I read was that you put the team, Detroit, which is like an urban city, you put it in the rich white area of the suburbs. Right. So there was always controversy behind that, but you know, it catered towards people that were affluent and with money and, uh, pretty similar to like where the Niners are now. Exactly. I thought instantly of, uh, Levi stadium in Santa Clara. So, uh, but apparently here's, what's crazy about the whole Detroit situation. They recently, as of like 2015, put in like another $117 million in renovations at the palace. And now they're going to demolish it. And they only play there three more years. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be donezo. Second half of the call, he mentioned Monte Morris, which inspired me to create my definitive athletes from Flint list, which will go by quick. You guys ready for this? Yes. Okay. And let me know if you're surprised by any of these. Jalen Rose. Is he from Flint? No. He's not. Draymond Green. No. Jim Abbott. The one-handed pitcher. Ooh. JaVale McGee Shaq the Fool Makes sense He didn't drink right water You can tell <laughs> <laughs> Miles Bridges Okay Mark Ingram Paul Krause Glenn Rice Terry Crews Decent little Terry list Terry Crews Had a little cup of coffee in the NFL Decent little list there Yeah for sure all right, let's get through these last two calls. Prano, a lot of people are concerned about these Yelp reviews for the Venice Way Pizza. Okay. So we what had, are they concerned about? Well, people want to – we've had multiple calls. People were like, what's going on with their views, the system? Okay. We have some insight into the way Yelp works. Hey, guys. It's uh – Number one, St. Louis Dirtball, Calvin here. Uh, I just want to let you guys know a little bit about Yelp. So uh, Joe might be a little familiar with how Yelp works from uh, from some negative going on over in New York. Yelp is essentially a mob scheme of uh, protection money. 
where if you don't pay Yelp, and this kind of applies to Google reviews as well, you cannot remove reviews, namely bad ones. But if you do pay, you can remove them. So uh, that's kind of just how it works since everybody can see Yelp and everybody uses Yelp. If you don't pay to remove uh, the negative reviews, all of your uh, opposing companies and such will uh, have their nice, uh, you know, 4.8s, 4.7s on 500 or so reviews, and you're sitting there with a, a 3.5 or so with, with, you know, even more reviews, and it uh, doesn't look good. I know this from being a uh, general manager of a local franchise here. So, yeah, that's the deal with Yelp. Have a good one, guys. Stay dirty. Which, thank you for the call, is interesting because I signed up for the Yelp app last week. Yeah. And they specifically say, we won't remove reviews. You can't pay. They specifically say that. So he's saying that's a bunch of BS. I have heard that before as well. I have heard that if that that Yelp basically offers you a second level if you pay them, which help like where you can filter things where you can remove you can, you can sort of um like maybe they're like it's kind of a a blurry line thing like you can't remove them but you can protest that these are this is a spam thing or whatever and then we'll hide it from blah 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 but you're saying your review is gone correct no this is where my review's at right so they haven't removed it they've just hidden it it's in a section it it's me, Nick left one, and three other dirt balls. It's in a section of not recommended. Not recommended. Five reviews for Venice Way Pizza. That's the place. Venice Way Pizza that are currently not recommended, including a review. Are all of them by dirt balls? Um, I don't know. Are all of them one star reviews? No, that's what's crazy. One of them is a five-star. And what does that say? This is a must-try, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it looks to... Two of them are five-stars. I feel like the fact that most of them don't have pictures. Well, is, well, is Nick, Nick, Nick and I, we actually learned some things. So th- this whole Yelp thing, it's such a Ponzi scheme. It's, such, it's, 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 it's a sham. It's such bullshit. So even the reviews that they kept clearly... Are written are bullshit reviews. So like this girl left five stars. All of them left five stars after the dirt balls flooded it. One review. The other five star. One review. The other five star. One review. No pictures. So so the argument could be made that like this person, Victoria L from Rome, Italy, who's never left a review, doesn't have a picture. This is somebody at their business. Right. So from Rome, Italy. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious so basically we figured it out and he was telling me some more stuff last night you have to just act like you're you're more engaged on yelp so like i added a profile picture yeah exactly and maybe review a second place like i went i thought is it gonna move mine i went and i reviewed the local costco mm-hmm. gave them five stars of course as they deserve but my point is they don't have your couch it's gotta be a, that's not a four-star review no that's more on me Watch the latest Andy Goes to Costco.
get the full scoop. But basically, what were you saying to me last night? Like, if you click on the address... I think this was another call we had about this. If you were Google search, if you were if it, if Yelp sees that you're actively Google searching these places and you hit like a phone number or a link to this place, then they know that you actually went there and they'll value your review higher. Also, you need a profile picture. Yeah. Which I just added. Mine is Marco Bellinelli. <laughs> but it's all BS. From Rome, Italy. Exactly. It, it, it's all BS. Like if you look at Venice Way Pizza, if you look at this review, they didn't know what to do when they suddenly started getting some negative reviews. So then they had their people do it. Yeah. So everybody, leave a review at Venice Way Pizza. Add a profile picture. And again, I'm going to say specifically, just talk about the pricing. Yes. It was too expensive or you're not trying it because it's too expensive. Because again, I haven't tried the pizza and I'm not going to try it. Legitimately, because it's too expensive. Well, we're but we're, if we're, it was if it was cheaper, I would give it a shot th- and I would find out. The needle is moving in the right direction. They have now started to offer out of nowhere, and it's not out of nowhere. It's because of you, the dirtballs. They started to offer some sort of happy hour price. Do we know what that is? I think it's two slices of pizza for ten dollars and a drink, maybe at the rooftop. We're not sure. Maybe at if the that rooftop, means just cheese. Or with toppings Maybe or anything. Maybe at the roof. Now you have to eat it on premises? They're holding you hostage while you eat it. I believe that's their new offer. So you get two slices of pizza, but then you've got to buy some sort of rooftop cocktail situation. But I believe I don't that- think that's actually... Like, it doesn't have to be on the rooftop. You can just We're going to go find out. Yeah, do some Let's go find out. journalism. Either way, we will find out. There will be blood. And we will get a good price reduction once the dirt balls are through. All right, one last call. Yo, what's up, boys? This is Greg Greg Feldman. Uh, I'll keep this short, but uh, I just kind of wanted to know uh, what your March Madness Final Four was going to be, because I don't think we've talked about that shit yet, but uh, yeah, what's it going to be, you know? Because like, I have no fucking idea. I'm thinking maybe Baylor there, but honestly, I don't, I haven't really followed basketball that fucking much this year, but... <laughs> This guy. I'm not sure. So, yeah, let me know. Uh, condoms are for the Iowa Hawkeyes, New England Patriots, and uh, the cocksucker fucking Houston Astros. Jesus, Greg. Take it easy on the swear words. Come on. You're going to lose us monetization here on YouTube? Uh, well. All right. The, uh, uh, with, the, with, the reason I'm playing that call, because yeah. I know nothing about college basketball this year. I've not followed yeah. it. And I said this before the show started. Join our Dirty Sports Bracket Challenge. You can find the link on our Reddit page. Password is DirtballFam, all lowercase. Fill out your brackets there when they're released next week. Sign up now. Go for it, Joe. Uh, I don't, obviously, we have no idea how the brackets are going to end up, but Dayton is number three. The Dayton Flyers. We got it. I, I, I'm, I'm projected a, number one seed. I'm I'm supporting the Dayton Flyers. Uh, I like Dayton, San Diego State, the Aztecs. Yeah, I like sneaky uh, Michigan State. Michigan State. I feel like this is what Michigan State does. They're like, oh, we're 14. No, we're gonna get a four seed. Never gonna be in the Final Four. Go Sparty. Villanova also uh, another one that is uh, has been you know down this year, but always threatening. Villanova, San Diego State, Michigan State, Dayton, 
And I will I have rooting interest, although they're a team that always uh that always uh kind of busts out early. But a little rooting interest in the Seton Hall Pirates. I spent some time in, in West Orange rooting for the Pirates. Go Pirates. My prediction the final will be Xavier Musketeers versus the St. Louis Billikens. Are is will Xavier <laughs> will Xavier make the tournament? Neither of those teams Xavier's on the bubble. St. Louis needs to probably win the conference tournament, which means they would have to beat Dayton. And I can tell you with 100% certainty who will not win the NCAA Final Four. Gonzaga. Gonzaga? Gonzaga. I don't Zaga, know. Zaga, Zaga. Who knows? Anyway. Shaboring just wept. Yeah. Anyway, they're, I mean, Seattle, come on. Terrible place to play basketball. All right, the hotline is 310-359-8365. Leave a call, and we might just get to it. Joe, I kept it under an hour 30. I told you I would. Thus the process. Great. Now you can uh, give me a ride to get myself some lunch. Cool. Follow us on social media at The Dirty Sports. Follow me at Andy Ruther. Blah, 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 blah. My guy on my left, follow him at Joe Prano. At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Fix for Life on Twitter, JoePrano.com for shows, Hoover, Alabama, and... The Thunderdome. Stardome. Stardome. And uh, next week, Friday and Saturday, at Fantasy Springs Resort and Casino, if you're going to be out there for tennis, there's no more tennis, so just come to the comedy show. Nick Dale on Twitter. L is a capital I. Nick Dale on... L is a capital I. And then Nick Dale on... Instagram, but there's four A's in my Nick Dale handle on Instagram. And that Reddit page, if you want exclusive Andy Ruther slash Nick Dale living together content, it only goes up on Reddit. I mean, it, it, it's pretty much reality television at this point. Yeah. That Reddit is lit with some wild videos and pictures. So go to that. Okay, Dirtballs, you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us. Listen to the show. Have a great week, and most importantly, stay dirty.